Welcome to episode four of A Well-Placed Cuss. As always, I'm Grameher Dodd sitting in with Max Miller and Zach Zeri. On today's episode, we go through our MMA awards, discuss our Super Bowl picks, players under the age of 28 who we think are Hall of Famers, and we also have our first ever guest as we'll be interviewing University of Windsor defensive lineman and our good buddy, Thomas Stryker. Cue the intro, boys. How we doing today, guys? Oh, not bad, not bad. Just sitting here relaxing, enjoying the holidays, waiting for 2022 to come. Yeah, we got a little bit of a COVID scare, so uh, we're recording this episode uh, from our own rooms here. But uh, hopefully we yes, all can we get are. back together soon. Yep. Zach, how you doing? You know, I won't lie to you, Jeremy. I kind of went into a depressed, depressed state here. The World Juniors got canceled yesterday. Um, usually revolve my whole Christmas break around watching Team Canada and just the World Juniors in general. So, you know, super disappointing. At least it's bowl season right now and uh, college football. So I can watch Georgia kick some Michigan butt tomorrow. Not happening, but okay. Uh, yeah, but to your point, um, I am looking forward to seeing uh, Michigan win, actually. You got that mixed up. But um, I am also uh, a little uh, sad that uh, the World Juniors got canceled. Not just sad because I look Definitely. forward to it every year, but um, you feel sad for uh, for all the kids involved. And I, I'm comfortable saying kids because, like, I'm 20 years old. But, you know, some of them aren't going to play at the NHL level. So, you know, this tournament canceling, being canceled is just devastating for them. And, you know, you really hurt for them. This might be the highlight of their careers. They look forward to this for, you know, their entire lives. Some of them might get the chance to play next year. Who knows? But for some of them, you know, this this potentially was it. So you, you truly feel for them. So that, that was sad. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, Gurmy, right? You know, could be the highlight of their career. Could be the highlight of their life. Like, honestly, like, you look at Team Austria when they scored against Team Canada, Canada those two guys that scored, how they celebrated it at that time. And then afterwards, and like, on the bench, you know, they were celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, for those smaller country teams like Austria and Germany and some of those, you know, Slovakia, you know, that like that's a huge deal for them to come and play and represent their country. You know, those countries want to keep improving their hockey and that's like the main stage that they get to show their improvement. And, you know, it, it, I feel for those guys. Like I realized I played against, you know, three guys that were playing in this year's World Juniors and, you know, it's my age group this year. So, you know, it, it's so, it's so tough and, you know, hopefully they can reschedule this tournament for, they were saying maybe in June, July in uh, Texas here. So hopefully that's a possibility. Do you, do you see that, that, that like as, as an actual possibility, like obviously, yes, we are so used to having it in, you know, in like in, in late December and um, you know, it's never really been a summer thing. It's always been like the, like it's always happening, you know, in December, is it like, and they canceled it. Like they said that the tournament was canceled. Is there any, like, is there any truth to the fact that the tournament might be held later in the year? Yeah. So, you know, first off, I also wanted to mention, like, it sucks for those kids, like, especially team USA, they got to go to Red Deer and be away from their family for Christmas and only play one game. Like that's got to suck. But uh, yeah, especially being in Red Deer. Yeah. 
But anyways, Jeremy, you said the word canceled. Uh, Ray Ferraro and Bob McKenzie and uh, President Luke Tardif, um, you know, explained uh, that they have to use the word canceled, but it really just means postponed. Canceled is because it's like if they use the word postponed, it would uh, fall on uh, only one person's shoulders. When cancel, it falls on both of their shoulders. So lots of people were super angry about the U18 women's tournament when they said it was quote unquote canceled. But that was because Sweden, who was supposed to host, couldn't host it anymore due to the COVID. So they had to say canceled, but they're looking to postpone it or like move it like right away. So I think it's going to be the same thing happening here. You know, it, does it get rescheduled? You know, that's yet to be seen. But hopefully the idea is to reschedule the women's um in texas as well and i think you know the men's tournament uh the world juniors to be like made in conjunction or a week later in texas so hopefully that happens you know the world juniors is such a christmas tradition in all households but you know that these them in july like it doesn't matter to me, to be honest. I mean, me right. personally, I hope it doesn't get canceled because, you know, I am really uh, looking forward to seeing the states go back to back. Yeah, you're just living in fantasy land there, Jeremy. All right. Not sure where, not sure where you're smoking, but. Okay, okay, Max. Uh, moving on to something that uh, obviously it was a dagger, you know, not seeing the World Juniors this year, but moving on to something that we are looking forward to in uh, 2022. Um, Zach here is our big, uh, something that we haven't done here, but Zach is our big uh, MMA guy. So, you know, we've compiled a list of questions that we're going to ask Zach, and Zach's going to give us some of his takes. Uh, basically, it's his MMA awards for 2021 and a little bit of a preview for 2022. Zach, you ready? Yeah, guys, I can't wait to do this. All right, starting off, this is probably the most interesting, but uh, who would you say is was your breakout fighter of the year 2021? You know, me and you, Jeremy, have talked about this guy, Sugar Sean O'Malley, like, if we like him, don't like him, stuff like that. But, you know, no question that this guy, his, his market, marketability is through the roof. You know, everybody seems to care to watch him if they love him or hate him. But, you know, he's fun to watch as well. Three wins all by finish, you know, three bonus awards. Um you know, he's not my breakout fighter, but, you know, I just had to throw him in there. You know, another guy, Hamza Chemayev, you know, only one fight in 2021 where he was in 2020, the breakout fighter of that year. But uh, look for him to have a massive year upcoming and, you know, compete for uh, Kamaru Usman's belt coming soon. But my breakout fighter of the year is the French heavyweight Cyril Gon. Um, Cyril Gon, three wins this year. Um you know, he beat Derek Lewis in Houston, where Derek Lewis is from, to win the intern strap and uh, to fight Sir, uh, Francis Ngannou at the first pay-per-view event of uh, 2022 here. So that'll be happening at the end of the month, I, I believe. But, you know, that's my fight to look forward to in uh, 2022. You know, right now the odds are at a coin flip, and I'm super excited to watch how that fight plays out. And Cyril Gon's an undefeated fighter. You know, he, he's looking to become the best heavyweight fighter of all time. And, uh, you know, it looks like he has the skills to do it. And also a shout out to him because his first three fights were in 
Canada. So he's a, I'm going to be cheering him on just for that connection to Canada. Canadian guy. Okay, another Canadian guy. Um, Zach, obviously, me and you have talked about this guy. But uh, what about my boy, uh, Patty Pimblett? Yeah, you know, we have talked about him. You know, he, he can be a little bit of a meme with that haircut. I love that haircut, bro. I love the little mushroom ball. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, he's kind of like almost like a troll in a sense. Like he, he signed that huge contract with Barstool. Um, only one fight this year over at Luigi. Um, he, he got rocked in that fight. Um, well, like the hype train could have been over there, but he uh, persevered, uh, persevered um, you know, ended that fight. Um, his Instagram and Twitter went through the roof. But then he he got banned for being Patty Pimblet. But um, it'll be interesting to see what the USC does with him. You know, Dana knows what kind of star he has with Patty, and you know I think Dana will feed Patty some uh, more. Oh, like no fight in the UFC is easy, but I think Dana's going to try to feed him some more favorable matchups like Luigi, like a stand-up guy, not so much wrestler. But, you know, Patty has pipe fought over in Cage Warriors, which is like the biggest promotion in Europe. Um, you know, tons of hype around this kid. The English love their fighters. And I think Patty might be heading to, I believe the UFC is heading to Liverpool um, in the March. Um, you know, is that going to happen? Because, of, like, is it not going to happen because of COVID? Maybe. But it's a possibility, and I'm sure they'd love to get Patty the Batty on that card. So, you know, definitely a guy to look out for. He's he's still only 26, going to turn 27 really soon, but a big name to watch. Shout out Patty the Batty. Shout out Patty the Batty. Um, so Zach, there. This has been such a such a great year for UFC and a, a lot of great events. But uh, I think I know what your answer is going to be, and I think I know what most of the world's answer is going to be. What would you say was the biggest event of the year for UFC? Yeah, you mentioned great year. Dana White has stated that, you know, 2021 was uh, the best year for DFC ever. You know, I would assume mostly because Conor McGregor had two fights this year, which was the first time in a long time. But, you know, also just some great events. And uh, my best event of the year was USC 268 headlined by Kamara Usman versus Kobe Covington, one of the most heated rivalries in the past couple of years here in the USC. Um, Rose, uh, Thug Rose defended her belt and then had my fight of the year also on that card as well. There was, you know, a couple of debuts, some big names. Uh, one of them is going to be my guy to watch in 2022, but like so many great finishes, so many great fights. And, you know, what caps it off is it it was held at MSG when, you know, Dana and the OC didn't know if, you know, it was possible to host it there with COVID going on. So perfect venue, perfect fights, perfect finish, you know, just great card. Yeah, as we all know, MSG, MSG is definitely the place for sporting events. So if you, if you can ever get a ticket there, definitely want to sign up. But that's, uh, that's what I was just curious about. Was... Sorry, Max. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, dope team. Um, but, Zach, uh, would you say that the, the fight of the year was, uh, was during that event, or would you put it somewhere else in the year? Or? 
Yeah, Max, for sure. It, it was definitely on that night, in my opinion. And, you know, one of those guys I was fighting was a guy that I followed his majority of his career. Um, you know, it started out in a different promotion. And uh, he was Bellator champion there, and that's Iron Michael Chandler. You know, this guy literally talks in T-shirt quotes, but, you know, amazing guy to listen to. He's going to become a motivational speaker after he's done fighting, and I would almost want to guarantee it. Um, but when he, like, he's an explosive guy, you know, you know what you're going to get when he's fighting. And the other guy on the other side of the octagon was Justin Gaethje and his nickname is the highlight. And for good reason, that guy just puts on wars, you know, he, he's crazy in there, you know, after he wins, he does a backflip, it, it, you know, it's insanity. And so when those guys got paired up, um, you know, fan, MMA fans around the world were like, salivating at the mouth for this fight and you know it delivered with all the hype it had it was crazy both guys were rocked both guys were spewing blood you know if you're if you've never watched an MMA fight I would say go watch that one as your first one because it had everything wanted in a fight and it was just insanity both guys showed class right after the fight you know Gaethje took the W and Chandler took the L but really there was no losers that night in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, definitely. Zach, we're mentioning all, um, you know, these, you know, solid dudes popping off. Well, who would you say is the female fighter of the year? The female fighter of the year? You know, I'm, I'm going to keep on going back to UFC 268, but um, she defended her belt there, and that's Doug Rose, Nami Yunus. Um, started the year off. She was looking to reclaim her straw straw weight belt from Zhang Weili and she did so with a highlight knockout probably the best knockout of the year for a women's fighter um and regained her belt in about 45 seconds then she goes and defends it at UFC 268 defends it in a five where five round fight and uh you know she goes two and two and oh on the year defends her belt regains and defends her belt and you know, just with the highlight of the year for a KO as well. So she's my uh, female fighter of the year. But, you know, you got to give a shout out to uh, Valentina Shevchenko. She becomes a new number one pound for pound women's fighter, as well as Juliana Pena that arguably had the, the biggest upset in the last like five, six years in the UFC. One of the definitely top three biggest upsets in the USC's history. So she went 2-0, biggest upset ever, and uh, got a belt out of it. So all three women deserved it, but uh, I'm going to go with Doug Rose. Right, and uh, building off the the female fighter of the year, who would you say was the male fighter of the year? I know we mentioned some good guys, but who do you say is at the top of your list right now? You know, I hate to sound repetitive, but we're going to go back to the USC 268 event. And the, the headliner was Kamara Usman versus Kobe Covington. And Kamara Usman, you know, is my uh, fighter of the male fighter of the year. You know, 3 0. Um, you know, people heading into this year were saying he was too boring. They didn't like him, like, watch him fight. And he goes out there and KOs Jorge Masvidal who's a known striking expert like just crazy knockout like if you see the pictures like, of the sweat coming off of Masvidal's face it's 
unbelievable. Goes out there, you know, three wins, uh, defeats his rival, Covington, moves into the number one pound-for-pound pound ranking. Great year for uh, Mr. Camaro Usman, and, uh, you know, there's lots to wonder where he goes from here now. Probably a fight with Leon Edwards come 2022. Is that a couple more? Yeah, and uh, sorry, go ahead, Gurmy. Oh, thanks, Max. Um, couple more questions before we let like we uh transition here. But obviously, you know, we are hyping a lot of these guys up. Who would you say was the biggest disappointment of the year 2021 in the MMA? Mm. Oh, that's a good question, Gurmy. Um, uh, there's lots of guys that you know had had some down years, had some bad years. You know, this might be a little bit of recency bias. Uh you know, from me, but it might be Cody Garbrandt. Um, Cody No Love came into the UFC as a, as a bright young prospect at 135 pounds. You know, he's a team alpha male product. Um, you know, went out there and he defeated Dom Cruz and uh, for the bantamweight strap uh, six years ago, I think, to this day, which is crazy. Um and, you know, since then, he lost twice to T.G. Dillashaw, and his career kind of fell off. But, you know, this past year, he had some momentum. He came back. He won a fight. And then it looked like he was going to drop down a weight class and challenge for uh, the 125 belt. But he got COVID really badly. And then he comes back this year, and he loses to Rob Font um, at 135 pounds. And then he decides to drop down to 125 to fight Kai Car France and try to revive his career and one win at 125. He's such a big name. He would have got a title shot right away. He goes in there. He looks healthy for making the extra 10 pound cut and he gets brutally knocked out by Kai Car France and, you know, going 0 and 2, dropping a weight class. Um, I think he's lost five out of his last six. Who knows where Cody No Love goes? You know, I, I like the guy. I like watching him fight. And, you know, it's kind of tough to see such a fall from grace. And he's still young. Like, he, I think he's only 30 years old. So, but Cody No Love Garbrandt would be my most disappointing fighter of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, who would you say, because there, there have been a lot of fighters who have, uh, or new fighters, I should say, who have certainly shined this year, who would you say would be the breakout fighter of the year so far this year? Do you want this year? Because I, I mentioned Cyril gone. Do you want 2022? You know, yeah, sure. You know what? Give, give, give us your future pick for it. Okay, so my my future guy, again, I'm going to go back to UFC 268. Oh, really? And I kind of mentioned him already. Um his name is Ian Gary. He's, he's, I believe, like the sixth youngest guy on the roster right now. He's an Irish guy, fought um, in Cage Warriors, was their welterweight champion. You know, he's got all the skills. He's fighting out of, in my opinion, the best gym right now in uh, Sanford MMA down in Florida. He's got all the tools in his toolbox. He's still young. He's great on the mic. And he, he's flashy, delivered a first-round knockout. And, you know, after the fight, he, he goes on the mic and says what Conor McGregor said, you know, the Irish aren't here to take part. They're here to take over. And so, you know, he, he's kind of wanted to be that next Conor McGregor, but also not try to push himself to be, like, the next Conor McGregor. So 
it's nice to see. And he's got all the tools and, you know, Sanford MMA is going to get him right. All right, Zach, that was uh, definitely something new, but uh, we really appreciate you, you giving us our uh, MMA awards. We definitely also uh, look forward to talking about more, some more MMA in the future, but uh, we appreciate it, Zach. Yeah, thanks, guys. I, you know, I, I can't wait. We got an interview lined up, you know, that I'm super excited about to talk about a little bit more MMA. So is that, is maybe that a, a little... teaser, Zach? Is that a little teaser, yeah. there, Zach? little teaser so uh stay tuned for uh that podcast whenever that draws but i'm super excited all right well transitioning into our next topic uh we are going to be discussing um zach gave us his mma picks but now we're all going to be giving you our super bowl picks max you want to lead off yeah sure um well i know uh it's not very exciting it's not uh it's not too won't make anyone jump out of their chairs, but I have the the Chiefs and the Buccaneers again back in the Super Bowl. You can say that they've had um maybe not disappointing seasons, but maybe didn't live up exactly to what they were wanting to do. You know, COVID affects every team a lot, so that could have affected them. But when it comes to the when it comes to the postseason, I think that Mahomes and Brady two of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the two best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think that they'll just get the job done, understand what, what needs to be done and do it. They have tremendous, uh, tremendous offenses and uh, defenses. Defense for the Buccaneers, I think is very solid, but I mean, the, the Chiefs is a little, is a little wobbly, but if, if they can get their, their feet set, I don't, I don't see any team beating the Chiefs. Um, and I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, actually. Here's the thing with the Buccaneers, and obviously I am a big Tom Brady guy. Um, he's going to be doing it with, with um, in my opinion, the guy who has, he has, like, the biggest rapport with. Um, for some reason, you know, outside of the red zone, um, Tom Brady hasn't really had that connection with Mike Evans. Um, but uh, his go-to guy, if you really think about it, with A.B. being out for most of the year, has been Chris Godwin. Unfortunately, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin, yeah. yeah unfortunately, Chris Godwin is sidelined with that ACL tear. Um, uh, Levante David is going to be nicked up. He, we hopefully to see him back for the playoffs. Same thing with Shaq Barrett. Uh, the defense has gotten better. Obviously, you know, playing against uh, Carolina will give you that confidence. But um, obviously, it's not unlike Brady to get to a Super Bowl without uh, his uh, receiving core. Uh, with, that, with the pretty, you know, below average receiving core. Obviously, he went with uh, Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola, even though I love me some uh, Danny Amendola. But um, his... Uh, his receiving court, his weapons are all a little bit injured up. We're also talking about Leonard Fournette here. Um, as far as the Chiefs, I think they have the easier path. Um, I'm looking at these teams, like in the, Definitely. the, the rest of the AFC. Uh, Derrick Henry, like we don't know if he's going to be back for the Titans. Uh, Cincinnati, I love what they're yeah. doing. I don't know if they're ready for this yet. The Buffalo Bills, if they could, you know, Josh Allen is coming off a no. big game. So I think that's going to, like, give him some confidence. The only wild card team that I'd actually be concerned about is the Indianapolis Colts because of, you know, how well they can run the ball. Oh. And, uh, you know, Carson Wentz is limiting the turnovers, their defense led by the maniac, Darius Leonard. Yep. Miami Dolphins, you know, the last wild card spot's going between the Chargers, Ravens. Uh, to be completely honest, I don't see any of them challenging uh, the Chiefs. Uh, Baltimore, I, I, don't, I don't think they can surpass those injuries. It, it's just been too much no, this year. No, Miami, love me what Tua's been doing. I, I don't see them being the Chiefs. 
I definitely think the Chiefs are going to, because the Chiefs are the one seed right now. I think they're going to win out. I think they're going to secure that number one seed. Uh, if the Buccaneers are gonna go to um the like are are gonna go to the um the Super Bowl, they're gonna have to go. They're gonna have to you know probably match up against you know the Cowboys or the Rams. Uh, they definitely have to go to the Green Bay Packers, I believe, because I also think they're gonna be in the NFC Championship. Obviously, they've done it before, but you know again, this is they're do, they're gonna do it this year without one of their best offensive weapons. So, um, I I think I agree. I I like your pick, Max. Obviously, they are the two best two of the best teams in the league. Um, I do think it'll be easier for the Chiefs, though. Uh, Zach, what do you got to say about that? Yeah, Gurmy, I think you brought up some excellent points on both the uh, Chiefs and the Bucks side. But you know, I'm gonna Max. I'm gonna agree with your Chiefs pick. Mm-hmm. But you know, with all the injuries the Bucks have sustained, right? You got uh, Godwin, who's out for the season, most likely. Um, Mike Evans. Is- been banged up here. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. Mike Evans is banged up too for the year. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, no, Lenny. Lenny's. You know, who knows about him? So for that reason, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. You know, hopefully they get get over that hump um, that they like. They can't win that uh, championship game, NFC Championship game. But you know, like Gurmy said, right? The Chiefs' path to to get into the Super Bowl is a lot easier in my opinion. The NFC, you got Green Bay, the Rams, the Bucks. You know, the Cardinals have kind of fallen off a cliff here in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, who knows what they can do? You know, they yep. proved that they were a good team at the start of the year. Right. You know, um, and all the other teams out there. But, you know, the Chiefs, I think, you know, maybe Buffalo competes with them. You know, the Colts, like Gurmy said. Um, but, like, Honestly, the only team like, I think it's going to be a Chiefs. The only team that I can really see beating the Chiefs is uh, the Colts, and the reason for that is one man and one man only. And you guys both know who I'm going to say. And that's Jonathan Taylor. The only the only fear not that Mo I have is the Cox? Chiefs not going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Get not Mo Ali Cox. Get out of here with Mo Ali Cox. I love that name. No. Like, keep going. I know it's 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 a, it's a sick name. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, as we know, can run up and down any team. And again, it's so amazing what he's doing. He doesn't even have his best offensive line out there. Like, and so I just, I don't see them actually beating the Chiefs, but I feel like, I feel like he could go for like 250 yards in that game and out of nowhere, blow the Chiefs out of the water. But I think if you if you play like a best of five series with those teams, the Chiefs will win four out of five times. My main thing, though, ahead, with, Jeremy, with, with, no worries. Uh, and Zach, just to clarify, you said Chiefs-Packers? Yeah, Chiefs-Packers, and I got the mm-hmm. Packers winning. I got the Packers winning. Ooh, I, I, I don't see them getting over that hump like Gurmy said, but uh, I'll let Gurmy go. Here's my thing with the uh, the Green Bay Packers, and this might just be a little stingy, but obviously, yes, Aaron Rodgers. I think he needs to win a Super Bowl, or or he needs to get to the Super Bowl at least, or he is undoubtedly like he's gone. Um, yes, but man, do you think that NFC like? Do you think? And I, they're probably gonna clinch the one seed, but 
I look at Tom Brady and I, I hate to do this, but do you think there's just a stigma around, you know, Aaron Rodgers that he just can't win th- those big moments? Like he can't win it. Like he's not like his NFC championship record is, is kind of pathetic. Like let's, let's call it what it is. The only one it, um, where, it is the only one where he really did win was against Caleb Haney. Cause Jay Cutler just gave up. So I, do you think that there's like, do you think that teams aren't scared of like, aren't scared to, you know, to go into Lambeau and, you know, you know, like me personally, if this is a divisional game and I was a Dallas Cowboys, I'd be scared. Put an NFC championship against Aaron Rodgers. Like Zach, you're a football player. Do you think that plays into like the minds, like again, like stigmas? I, I highly doubt it to be completely honest. I think when you're at that level, you know, it's not in anybody's mind. I think those players can block it. Maybe for a few, like, don't get me wrong. It could be a thing, but I really, like, I think lots of those guys could block out stigmas and just, you know, go out. But, you know, it could eat at people. It really can. I know. I just, I can't, I can't see Aaron Rodgers. Like, the longest time I've been into the NFL, all I've seen is Aaron Rodgers have great regular seasons, and he can't he just can't get it done in the postseason. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry, and it's just from it's just from all the games that I've watched. And you know he's a great player, but you know you can't be that great if you can't get it done in the postseason. Like he needs to show people that he's an actual winner. Like people try to talk about Aaron Rodgers, try to put him in the goat category. You can't be put in the goat category with one championship under your belt. You know, just a terrible uh, record for the NFC champ for the NFC championship. And I mean, I don't I'm, see, and I think that Gurmy is right. I think that that stigma can definitely eat at the players, and especially at Aaron Rodgers. And I, I think that you can try to block it out as, as much as you want, but I think that'll always be a lingering thought in the back of their minds. I mean, me personally, um. I uh I actually do not. I'm the only one out of us that does not have the Packers going uh, to the Super Bowl. Um, believe it or not, I don't even have the Buccaneers. I have. The, I agree. Uh, I did. I did not have the. I did not have the Packers going to the Super Bowl. You, the said, you said Buccaneers. You pack. I do not have. What I meant to say is I don't have the 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 Chiefs or the Buccaneers Ooh. or even the Packers. I got, Ooh. I, I got. I got a little bit of a a little bit of a spicier one here, boys. Well, I got. Heard, all right. I got the Buffalo Bills. Wow. And, okay. And the LA Rams. I like the Rams pick. I, li- I, I like the Rams pick. And I have Matthew Stafford winning his first Super Bowl uh, with the Matt Gay field goal winning it. Wow. Well, just everyone, you heard it here first. That's Gurmy's prediction. It is, it is on the spicier side. I, I won't lie. but But here's why. I think the Rams have finally found their identity, even though Matt Stafford is coming off a pretty, like, a, a big of a, of a doozer. They can run the ball. They can – I was watching, like, the – um, I was watching their game against the Vikings. Sony Michelle, man, this dude has reverted back to his Patriots form. Um, you look at that Patriots run, you know, it wasn't even Tom Brady. It was the defense, and it was Sony Michelle. And what do the what do the Rams do? What are the Rams doing superbly? You've got that monster in Aaron Donald at, in the middle of the D-line. And you've got and you've got a run game. You're gonna get Cam Akers back. You still have Daryl Henderson. You've got one of the best uh, receivers in um, pro football in Cooper Cup. And um, 
you know, OBJ, OBJ is there. OBJ is OBJ has like turned into a solid number two, but um, you know, Matthew Stafford, man, I think um, while he doesn't have that playoff resume that many others do, um, I'm looking like I I I feel like this is the year. You know, he's got a good team. You know, uh, he, and we're forgetting where where's the Super Bowl this year? SoFi home home Super Bowl. So I'm definitely um I, I definitely that, think it's a possibility. And as far as yeah. the, Buff- the Buffalo Bills, they don't really have a feature back, but they can still rush the ball either with Josh Allen or De- Devin Singletary, uh, Zach Moss. Um, they've got a pretty lethal, um, you know, they've got a pretty lethal uh, receiving core. Isaiah McKenzie popped off for them. You know, even I don't know why I said him before Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis, but um, you've got an excellent receiving core. And I think um, they're also just one of those teams that's not afraid of the Chiefs. You know, this game, this, right. this most recent game, like Zach, sorry, Josh Allen, these last couple of weeks, like, yes, he lost to the Bucs. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. He didn't finish it out, but, like, he showed me a lot. Um, uh, this weekend against the Patriots, fourth down, put the ball in his hands, he's making a play. So I'm, I, I, I got a lot of faith in, uh, I got a lot of faith in uh, Josh Allen. And uh, I think uh, I don't think they're scared to go back to Arrowhead again. Interesting, yeah, Jeremy. Um, you know, you say your your picks uh is spicy. You know, I honestly don't think it's that spicy. Maybe compared to ours, but you know, in my AFC Championship game, I have the Chiefs versus the Bills, and then in my NFC, I got Packers versus versus the Rams. You know, I I like your pick. I I honestly understand it i think it can happen you know how can you touch on how cam Akers is coming back like that's crazy so crazy for them that that running back depth is the best in the nfl you know they got a solid offensive line they got matt stafford there now solid receivers even without robert woods there you know that defense you can list off all those uh playmakers back there you know the bills you know Honestly, like you guys mentioned, the Colts. I can only see two teams coming out of the AFC, and that's the Bills and the Chiefs. The the Colts in their last game didn't have enough. Like didn't have another offensive lineman. Like if like they're they're getting banged up here. Who knows about Carson Wentz's like vaccination status here? It looks like he's gonna play, but does that cost them moving forward? Who knows? You know their defense can play, but you know Jonathan Taylor. You know, it showed, like, without his, like, offensive line the, the last week with them being banged up. Like, I don't blame him when he's playing with third-string guys. Had his, I think, his second-worst game of the season. So, yeah. but I, I, I like the, like, I'm completely fine with the Bills versus the Rams Super Bowl prediction and the Rams winning. I, I can see it happen. I like that. I like that, yeah. Um, I think that if the Rams and the Bills go – to the Super Bowl, I have the Bills winning um, because I have to give it to, and I think they're going to be the X factor to the Bills' entire uh, playoff run here. I got Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, or not Poirier, sorry. I'm thinking of the fighter, Jordan uh, Por- Poirier. Is that how you pronounce it? Dustin Poirier. Poirier and Jordan Poirier. Poirier, Poirier. okay, yeah. yeah. Port, Poirier. And uh, Micah Hyde and the Bills undoubtedly have the best safety duo in the league right now. I think they are both at five interceptions apiece. Not and not I think that safety McKinney duo, like when you Peppers? think of the Rams, 
What about what about Xavier? No, and no. Peppers? no. Okay. No, no, no. All right, you weird Giants fans. God. Um, but I uh I I really like that duo. I, and like I said, I think they'll be the X factor to the Bills' entire postseason and how they can uh, lock down the wideouts that they have because the the teams that they're going against. I mean. Like you, you, you have the Chiefs who have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and just some absolute weapons that hopefully they can lock up. And it was too bad that they lost a Tredavious White. That that was definitely a definitely a big a big blow to their secondary. But I still think without him that they are one of the best sec- secondaries in the league. I think they're one of the best defenses in the league. And you just look at that offense, and if if Josh Allen can stay can stay consistent, I I don't see any reason. Why the Bills can't go to the to the Super Bowl, boys? Before we before we wrap this topic up, give me one wild card team that's a sleeper to make the Super Bowl. I need a. I want to hear wild. Steelers. Okay, they're not in the wild card, but okay. <laughs> Zach. No, actually, that's a good question. Yeah, that's that's a really good question, Jeremy. You know, okay, you guys are gonna be like Homer pick, but the Chargers, if they make the playoffs, I think they match up well. No, no. I think they match up well. I, I don't think so, but but hey, it's it's Zach's. Pick. You you said a, a a healthy Chargers team. Totally, yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah, but with this team, so. I can't. Yeah, you know uh, what? Yeah, okay. I'll, I got I'll think of a different one. I got the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> NFC, and if I had to pick one in the AFC, I got the Indianapolis Colts. Hmm. That's a good one. Well, I mean, I guess for my AFC, my sleeper if I had to pick one, would be the Bills, even though they're not really a sleeper. But I'll, 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 I'll give another one, and I'll give it to the Bengals in the AFC. I really I, – I like the Bengals' uh, offense. I like what they're doing on defense. Trey Hendrickson is an absolute beast in that interior. And uh, if I had to go to the NFC, uh, it's, a, it's definitely a tough one. And I know I, I hate it on this team, but I might have to go with the Cowboys, honestly. All right, guys. Now moving on to our final segment of the day. Uh, we're going to be discussing players under the age of 28 who we believe are already Hall of Famers. So these can be players across very, uh, the various leagues. We just want to know up to you, are they Hall of Famers or not? So, Zach, who do you have for? You know, mine should come as no surprise for anybody that knows me. It's my man, the Greek freak, Giannis. Zach, can you um, properly pronounce his last name? I definitely cannot. I've maybe done it maybe once <laughs> in my life. I, I just call him okay. the Greek freak. That's about it. I've named my yeah. fantasy basketball squad after him for the past yeah, did. Two, uh, two seasons. So, um, you know, just look at this man's resume. You know, that NBA championship. I think solidify it. So like if he was to retire right now, I think we could all comfortably agree that he'd be a Hall of Famer with the championship, the MVPs, the D boys, uh, all stars, um, and just his name value as well. So no no NBA uh MVP has never not made that uh Hall of Fame. That could change with D Rose coming up quick. But yeah, definitely you know, could. But for the time being, every one of them has made the Hall of Fame. And when he's an NBA championship and just look at his career resume, I think it would be a no-brainer that he's for sure a lock for the NBA Hall of Fame. He has so much more time ahead of him, too. So much more to do for his career and for himself. So I like that pick, Zach. 
And just building off of what you said, um, how there has never been an NBA player who has won an MVP who has never went to the Hall of Fame, I'm going to give my guy, Nikola Jokic, a little shout-out here. Nikola Jokic is only 26 years old. He's still so young. He won the MVP last season. Every season that he's came into the league, he's gotten better and better. I think he's a three-time All-Star, going to go on four-time All-Star. He is the best center in the league right now. He's been the best center in the league for multiple years. Uh, I just I don't see I don't see how he couldn't go into the Hall of Fame. Even if his career ended now, you can argue about him going into the Hall of Fame. I definitely love me some uh, definitely love me some Nikola Jokic, one of the better big men's. And um, he uh, for him for uh, an NBA MVP to be drafted during a Subway commercial. That's uh, that's pretty. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if you guys remember that. I, I no. looked. Well, I looked, he was sleeping when he got drafted, too, yeah, actually. So they didn't even show his name being called. It was crazy. And that's the, uh, that's, oh, I know. That's the NBA MVP. I think he's going to – I think he's going to finish very high in the all-time list of triple doubles. Uh, I think he's easily going to retire as the best uh, playmaking center of yeah, all Yeah, I think so, too. Um, yeah, no, that's a good pick, Max. So you guys both went the NBA route. I have mm. I have two names. Neither of them are NBA guys. Yes, we did. But um, two dudes. Uh, I went hockey, and surprisingly, it isn't Connor McDavid because that would just be way too easy. But for me, I have nice. going to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's let's just let's yeah. look at, let's look at this resume right here. Three-time All Star, Vesna Trophy winner. Uh, two-time first All-Star team uh, participant, two-time Stanley Cup champ, and he was the Conn Smythe winner in their most recent championship. He also holds he also holds the NHL record for most wins in a single postseason with 18. I think that was a uh, yeah no, uh, he had 18 in 2020. I believe there was uh, some play-ins uh, some play-ins uh, involved in that. So. Uh, it's normally 16, but uh, it was 18 with, like, some play-ins included. But um, I look at him. He's easily the best goalie in the league. Uh, there's been a bit of a precedent not to draft goalies in the first round. But, you know, he is, he, you know, he's one of those guys that just, you know, it was worth the wait. It took him a little while, you know, to make his uh, debut as a starter in this league. But it has definitely panned out. Um, I just look at him. I'm like, the resume speaks for itself. You know, he was the starting goalie on probably on, on a dynasty team, on a dynasty team. You know, I think a big reason as to why I think they can three-peat is not really because, you know, they've been able to replace the losses they've had this offseason. It's because they have him, you know, in net. He should have won the Vezina last year, but, you know, I am a big flurry guy, so I wasn't too mad about that. But I look at uh, Andre Vasilevsky, man. Like, that's my um, that's my, uh, that, that's my first Hall of Fame guy. Zach, you got, you got something to say? Yeah, here's to hoping that my boy Yaroslav Askarov turns out like Vasilevsky, yeah. like first round Russian goalie that you know has had their ups and downs and stuff. Um, you know, like you said, Vasilevsky took his time coming into the league. It took him a while to get into the NHL, and when he's been here, he's been an absolute like don't like stone cold wall in that for Tampa Bay. And, uh, hopefully, Askarov you know, can develop um, into Vasilevsky 2.0. That'd be huge for Nashville. But, Jeremy, you also mentioned at the very top, you said you weren't going to do Connor McDavid 
if Connor McDavid like retired right now, would he be an NHL Hall of Famer? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, no, I don't think. Uh, I think he's easily the best player in the NHL right now. He's constantly putting up those points, but you know some of them do look a little empty calorie. Like I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, because a couple of those, like, he's been swept. He's missed the post a bunch of times. Um, yeah. I feel like if he wins, it's automatic first ball Hall of Famer. But right, right now, like, right now, no, no. Like, he's still young. And, I mean, and it's, it's, it's hard to put the pressure on the guy, like, right now when he still has so much ahead of him. But if it was to end right now, it just – he's not really a proven winner yet. And so you can't really put a non-proven winner into that Hall of Fame at such a young age. I don't but think that's, I just want to go back. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, Max. No, go. Ahead. Yeah, with Connor McDavid, I don't think it's talked about enough. Just like how bad of a situation he went to, just how bad the Oilers are in at drafting. Like, you you had, but I don't know. They squandered the Taylor Hall trade. Um, they've just never really been a consistent organization, yeah. despite having some of the best players in the world. Um, I'm really happy, um, you know, they've made some good moves this offseason. But, you know, I don't know, like, it's looking like – how much longer do you think Connor McDavid puts up with this is my question. Because you look at them right. – you look at them right now. They're, they're, they're in a wild card. After starting so hot, like, they're in a wild card. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Um, you know, it's looking like they have to make they, – they, It's winning is not like making the, the playoffs isn't good enough anymore. They need to win a round. They need to win two. I need to see them in a conference final. You know, you've got the best player of like one of the best players in the – like I don't want to say the best player in the NHL on your team. You've got maybe the third best player in the NHL on your team as well. Second. Sec, I, I have Nathan McKinnon second. That's just me. No. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, – but, you have to win. So, but again, Mac, before I cut you off, I, I don't have him as a Hall of Famer. Uh, Zach, what, what do you got to add? To right. That? You know what? I, I, if you were to just submit McDavid's resume right now with no name on it, there's no way he gets in, right? Like, just right now, like, what, what's his awards? Like, you know, he, he's won, you know, the heart, whatnot, but no, like, no playoff wins. Am I correct in that? Right? He has no playoff. No, he won wins, one in like 2017 against the Sharks. Okay, one series win in his career. He's only 24. But if you submit that resume in with no name on it, I think I don't think he gets in. But if you add that Connor McDavid name, I think just the name he carries right now. Right, the name value. The, there is name value, as much as people don't like to admit it. There is name value. So if he were to retire well, right now, well, let, 24, I think he gets in. Well, let's take a look at his resume. And it is impressive, though. Four-time All-Star, uh, three-time Art Ross winner, uh, two-time Hart Memorial Trophy winner, uh, three-time Ted Lindsay Award winner, and a four-time NHL first, first All-Star team winner. So, yeah, these are all impressive. But you know in the NHL with, like, the storied history, you got to win. You got to win. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like like Zach said, I definitely think that uh, name value is applicable to essentially any any sport you want. So I think that Zach might be right in the sense that he might get into the Hall of Fame just because his name is Connor McDavid. 
But uh, I just want to, I want to, I just want to ask you guys a, a quick question here. If you like, because Grimmy brought up possibly Connor leaving, what would you see as his top uh, destination to go to other than Edmonton? You know what? Even the, I, I don't think Connor McDavid leaves. I think the Oilers are determined to put around the pieces, you know, put the pieces around him as I, as I should say. You know, you look in Buffalo, they never did put the pieces around Eichel. They never really tried to. It seemed like yeah. here, you know, they're actually trying to build around them. Are they doing it successfully? No. Do, do I think they have the right general manager to lead it? Maybe. Yet to be seen. It, you know. But, I mean, they, they have the best duo trying. in hockey, though, with, with yeah. Dreisaitl and McDavid. Like, they absolutely need to capitalize on – Two possible future Hall of Famers. Like if, if like this team needs some help around it, you can't have yeah. these two powerhouses surrounded. Not and I'm not trying to di- disrespect the Oilers, but compared to McDavid and Drysaddle, well, the rest of the team are kind of scrubs. Like I well, just I, there's no so, way there's no way you should have gotten swept by the Winnipeg Jets. No, uh, no. It's there's ridiculous. no way you should. There's no way you should have blown multiple third period leads to the Winnipeg Jets. The question I think Max should have asked is how much longer does Connor put up with this? Like how much, how long do you think he puts up with this? Well, I, I feel like, like he just sees the situation he's in, right? Like he sees that he's next to dry sidle. And like, like I said, they are the best duo in the NHL right now. And so I think like that is going to be the main uh, point to him actually hanging on and sticking with this team. But like, I don't see him staying sticking around for for that much longer if it, if the situation does not improve. They need to at least win a playoff series this year. They need to like because think about give, it. They didn't win yeah, a playoff give, series. Last give them year. some hope. They got eliminated in the play in last year. Who was their biggest off? Well, Zach Hyman has started started off hot, but I think he fizzled out a little bit. Zach, I, I I don't know where he would go, but I I me personally like Connor McDavid. He's a winner. Like, I, I don't think he's going to put up with this for much longer. Like, yes, he got that amazing contract. Yeah. He's the face of one of the more storied franchises in the NHL. But me personally, like, I'm Connor. I want a Stanley Cup. I want to win. And I got to do it by any means. And if it's not here, it's going to be somewhere else. And if they don't want to play off series, I, it might be somewhere else pretty soon. Uh, I just think he's 24 years old. I'm looking at the Oilers lines right now. They brought in Warren Fogle from Carolina in that trade. You mentioned Zach Hyman. They're McDavid's wingers right now. You know, you know they're not the best first line wingers, but they're solid. You got Nuge and uh, Yamamoto with uh, Dry Saddle. You know, first and second lines. Those are some pretty solid uh, lines. You got Brendan Perlini, uh, Ryan McLeod, Cal Turris. That's a solid third line. You know, they, they lack some depth there on the fourth line. You know, and then on the defense, they bring in Duncan Keith and uh, Tyson Berry. Zach, and, Zach, know, come on now. Duncan Keith's 38. Duncan Keith's 38. He's I know. Not, just, this is not I'm just, just – I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's – that's. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that right now. Like, don't – a 38-year-old Duncan Keith, no. Like, Tyson Berry, maybe, but really? But – Really? 38-year-old Duncan Keith? Come on now. But, but I, I will say this, and maybe it's not so much Duncan Keith's skills, but just the aura that he brings. He's a veteran. He, he can help the young players. Like, just having a guy like that on your team, maybe not skill-wise helps you, 
but it just helps the chemistry form. He's just a locker room guy, hey? Yeah, but, you know, I, I wasn't even talking about Duncan Keith, like, his playing. I, I'm just saying, like, the people that they're around, I was naming guys that they're bringing in here, like Fogel, Hyman, Duncan Keith, Tyson Berry. You know, they're trying to add pieces. And like Gary said, this is a 38-year-old Duncan Keith. I agree with you, Gary, though. Like, it's just not the right pieces, in my opinion. And, you know, I think you said how long this guy put up with it. And I, I mentioned that he was 24 years old. And I think when when's your athletic prime in hockey? Probably around the ages 28 to 32. So I say when he's around 28, 29, if the Oilers haven't, had a good push yet or not he's not satisfied i think that's what he asked for it but i just don't don't think conor mcdavid leaves edmonton i think they know what they have with him dry settle and they'll keep on giving him his wishes and i just don't think he leaves but if he does leave 28 here's what i will say he is 24 but this is his seventh year in the nhl that's a little crazy wow think about this 16 17 30 30 goals 70 assists 100 points Eliminated in the second round, game seven, hard-fought series, no problem with that. 17-18, 41 goals, 67 points, 67 assists, 108 total points, missed the playoffs. 18-19, 41 goals, 75 assists, 116 points, missed the postseason. 2019-2020, COVID year, 34, 34 goals, 63, uh, 63 assists, 97 points in 64 games, eliminated in the play-in tournament. 2020-2021, 33 goals, 72, 72 assists, 105 points, uh, eliminated, uh, swept in the first round. These are legitimately, like, historical seasons he's having that are, that are being wasted, which is why yeah, I'm... Yeah, no, I agree. They have to win a playoff, like, series or two in the next two years for me to be convinced he's going to, like, I'm going to see him here in the long, like, the long term. Because I, I don't, me personally, I think he wants to win, and I think sooner or later he's going to realize with how like much the admit like they're in a wild card spot right now like they're not even a play like like they're not even com- like one of the top three teams in their division. So I, yeah. me 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 personally, I but, think yeah. I think it's a conversation to be had. Now I love the conversation we had, and we did get a little bit off topic, and we'll definitely revisit the Connor McDavid situation. But another guy that I had who I think is like already a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think this is his fourth year uh, in the NFL. But I have Quentin Nelson. Uh, just reading out reading out this resume. Uh, three-time yeah. first three-time first team All Pro, about to be four, four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he was he was named to the All Rookie Team. Uh, and obviously it's hard to find statistics for uh, offensive lineman, but guys, he's only allowed three sacks in four years. No, I I I have to absolutely agree with you. The minute I'm not I'm not a big college football guy. But I follow Quentin Nelson through college, and the dominance that he that he had against anyone—it didn't matter who you were—he could dominate anyone on that field. It it showed like it it was undeniable talent there with 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 Nelson. I mean, he's easily, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in the league. Yes, uh, I I don't see anyone that could even like compare him right now. Zach. You know, Quentin Nelson coming out of the draft, I remember reading and, like, listening to scouts and analysis, and they were saying Quentin Nelson is the best player in football. Or, like, or sorry, the best player in this draft. 
but the only reason he fell to I, I believe he was picked six yeah uh, to the Colts was uh, hmm. because he plays interior offensive line he plays guard and that position is might be one of the least like less important positions in all of sports if we're being completely honest yeah um, so that like that like if he's a left tackle like we're hearing nonstop about how Quentin Nelson is he's one of the highest paid players in the NFL it kind of sucks that he's playing guard right now but um, you know I would I would say he's probably in that 1A, 1B scenario with Trent Williams for me. No. Uh, there's a couple uh-huh. other tackles just because I... No, no not, I, not, I, not I, even I just close. tackles way harder. I see Quentin on, like, on, honest to God, on a no, level of yeah. I, As far as offensive linemen go, I think it's Quentin Nelson and then it's everyone else. Like, Trent Williams... <laughs> a little bit. Trent, Trent, Trent Williams is a stud, but, like... For sure. For me, personally, I view it as, like, the Aaron Donald situation. It's him, it's 50 feet... And then there's a second guy, second defensive player. Not even a tackle, defensive player. That's how I feel about Quentin Nelson. Like, what he does at his position is remarkable. And Trent Williams, like, I, I think there's competition for, like, that best left tackle, left tackle. I think if Bakhtiari was healthy, he'd be my number one left tackle. But I disagree, Zach. Sorry. I, I don't think it's close. Gurmy, I just think tackle is a way harder position, and it's way harder to find a tackle other than a guard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Quinton Nelson is not a, a top, like, offensive lineman. I just think it's a lot harder to find a, a tackle than a guard. But anyways, getting to his Hall of Fame um, argument, you know, it's so hard. Right, Gary, you mentioned it's it's hard to find s- stats to back up an offensive lineman's case. Um, you know, Quinton Nelson, Gary wants to say he's the best offensive lineman in the game. I think a lot of people would agree with him. Like, it's so hard to find stats for offensive linemen, but I would say if he plays one more year healthy, I think he gets in because he is dealing with a little bit of injury issues throughout his career, just a little bit. But I think one more season healthy, and then he's definitely a, sh- a shoe in, I would say. Max, did you have something to add? Sorry, yeah. Um, I just wanted to say it's gonna be a pretty, pretty deadly combo with Jonathan with Jonathan Taylor in that backfield with Quint Nelson blocking for him. Like Jonathan Taylor is already having a career year, and the Colts have arguably the best offensive line in the league, and they don't even have the best offensive lineman in the league. Like I see, I see Jonathan Taylor cracking two thousand yards. I see that Colts team being a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl with him back. But Nelson is a big reason as to why um why Jonathan Taylor is having the year he's having. Yep. Definitely agree. I I, I wanted to touch on uh you know it's gonna get us off topic a bit, but you know I would say maybe the Connor McDavid equivalent in the NFL would be Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes retired today, would he be in a uh, Hall of Famer? I feel like I have yes. a different opinion. I would agree yep. with you, Max. I think Patrick Mahomes, if he retired today, would be a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I agree with that because uh, he won a Super Bowl, right? Like, he's been dominant for years. He won a Super Bowl. It showed that he's a winner. Like, boom, right now, he was he was Super Bowl MVP. I, I, I got to get yeah. him a Hall of Famer. And he's been there. I think he needs to yes. win one more. I think he needs to win one more. He needs to win one more. So you're not saying, like, 
I what? think I think this might. I be would close. disagree. I would disagree. Oh, hard. Would you say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron I was Aaron exactly only thinking one. the same exact thing. But 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 but, but they're the same all up, exact thing. But they're all up there yeah. passing yards. You know. Yeah, difference. but because they've had years on exactly. Patrick so Mahomes, Patrick though. Patrick because okay, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, and this might get me in a little bit of trouble. Yes, he has the MVP. He has a Super Bowl MVP, but his Super like him in the Super Bowl, he was not very impressive. Like I'm sorry, like Ooh. I won Super Bowl. Uh, I believe it was fifty four. Yeah, the first one. I did not. I did not think he had a groundbreaking performance, and I, me personally, I thought. Man. I thought, me personally, like I, I know a lot of other people would agree with this. I thought Damian Williams should have been the MVP of that Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Um, uh, but okay, then I'll raise you. What about Super Bowl? Um, this I, I don't. I'm not sure which which uh, which Super Bowl it was, but it, it was the one against the Buccaneers. All right, yeah. well, last Super Bowl. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he played. Amazing. He is his. That was the worst game that his receivers, including Travis Kelsey, had ever played. The amount of drops that he had. His offensive line was rushing him every second. He was getting off last-second throws, underhand throws that were bombing fifty yards. Like if you actually look at that game, uh, Patrick Mahomes was the only reason that they were somewhat staying in it. He was not missing. He was not missing that game. He was the only reason that the Buccaneers didn't absolutely pounce on the Chiefs. Max, what are you talking about? They won 31 to 9. They absolutely dominated them. They didn't. That's not domination. What are you it talking about? Oh, did you watch the game? I don't think you watched the game. That was pure domination. Like that's, is that 31 31 to 9 is not domination. That's not what domination is. I mean, okay. I mean it's if, a, it's a good win. It's a solid win for I sure. Dis- I disagree it's with you. Not domination. I disagree that they if you watched the, it, that entire game, the entire game was on Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, and the entire Chiefs defense and the entire Chiefs entire Chiefs offensive line. What the what argument are you making? For? Were, what argument are you making for? Fact that Patrick Mahomes played good in the Super Bowl. He didn't throw it a t- like, around. Okay, I side. don't I don't blame him for the loss, but I I would not say he played well by any stretch of the means. What do you like, mean he didn't play well? What, he had what? some he had some crazy highlight throws that were dropped. Like I'm sorry, those don't count. That's not an argument you can make. He finished the game with two, t- like two interceptions. Like he did not look good. He didn't put a touchdown. They, they, they weren't on him. They were both tips. They were both tips. Okay, it he still didn't throw him. for a touchdown. No, he didn't no, throw for a touchdown. No, Max. No, no I'm sorry. No, he has I'm not been good in the Super Bowl. I no, no, he has been good in the Super Bowl. No, he is period. not. No, he is not. He has been. No, he hasn't. He absolutely has been. Patrick no. Mahomes is. You can talk about regular season, whatever you want, but when it comes to the game on the line, Patrick Mahomes has absolutely been there. I don't he know. Has what absolutely I, been there. I don't know what you're talking about. To be completely honest with you, no, I don't. Game Bro, on the line. Like, I'm, I'm going to interrupt this. I'm going to interrupt this. Okay. No. Um, but that's no. I'm 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 calling BS on that. Patrick Mahomes has played great in the Super Bowl. He was the reason that the Chiefs won the first one, and he was the only reason that the Chiefs uh, okay, he was not no no no, 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 no. He was not the reason they won the first Super Bowl. Damian Williams deserves, was. deserves no, as no, much or abs- more credit. No. And I'm sorry, you can't look at me and say he played well in Super Bowl 55. He did nothing memorable besides maybe two highlight throws. They were, it's not about the highlight throws. It's not about that. It's about... 
the amount of pressure that he was getting every single throw and the throws were still on target every single time. It's on it. Like those stats aren't measurable. If you look and watch the game, you can see that he's running back 10 yards and he's letting it fly 50 yards. It'll touch Travis Kelsey's hands and he'll let it fall. Okay. He's dude. So, so what, there's nothing you can say to back it up. However, you know what? That, that'll be a topic. For what do you mean? No, 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 no. What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He did Stand not play good, dude. He did not play well. He lost the okay, game. You, he did not put up a All you're doing is repeating yourself. All you're doing is repeating it. You're so not actually you, bringing Max? any new information. So are you, Max? No, no. I, I, I disagree. Patrick Mahomes was the reason that they won. They had, a, they, they, they had a bad defense. The offensive line in the Super Bowl that they won was good. All right, dude. Whatever you say. I disagree. Okay, that wraps up our uh, U28 Hall of Famers. Um, kind of got carried away from our, from the original topic, but to recap, we said, Gerby said, Quinton Nelson and Andre Vasilevsky. I said, Giannis, the Greek freak, and Max said, Jokic. I, w- I would say all of them, if they retired today, they would have the resume to get in. Um, you know, but... Anyways, I think that wraps up episode four. You know, kind of a interesting uh, episode with the, with going on Zoom. We had a couple of firsts talking about MMA and uh, first interview. But I, I honestly thought, you know, I enjoyed this episode and hopefully all you guys did too. Kermit, do you want to wrap up for us? Thank you, much for, thank you so much for joining us. We now uh, segue to our interview with the uh, University of Windsor uh, defensive end Thomas Stryker. Joining us today on a well-placed cuss, we have a very special guest. He is a defensive lineman currently playing in his redshirt season at the University of Windsor. Home for the holidays and generous enough to give us some of his time, please join us in welcoming our boy, Thomas Stryker. Thank you, guys. Great to be here. He strikes. Thanks for joining us, buddy. How have you been? I'm good. Just happy to be home for the holidays. That's good. I was going to ask. Good to, good to see the family again. Good. Uh, you, you visit anybody? You know, not yet. I would like to see you guys in person, but I'm going to see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, we're happy to, we're, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before yeah. we just get into some of the questions here, do you just want to give us like a rundown of, you know, um, what it's like playing, uh, playing at the University of Windsor and, you know, just that transition that uh, has been from playing um, high school football to college ball? You know, it was, it's definitely a, like, it's fast paced, everything's structured, everything's scheduled. I came in there not expecting like the work it was going to be and I'm glad I'm doing it. Like I'm feeling good, feeling like I'm part of a team. So I'm definitely glad to be at the university. Chemistry and atmosphere good at Windsor over there? I would say it's definitely like a winning culture. Like the coaches want to be there. They have like a foundation of what they need their players to do. So I'm glad to be part of that. That's good. How was the transition from moving um, from Saskatoon to Windsor? Like, what what, do you, what have you noticed have been the biggest differences just within the cities and schools? You know, they're relatively the same size. Like, there's a lot of similarities. It's just it's it's just they're different cities because one's like right by the border. You got a right. lot of people that like go back and forth. There's a lot of pride in the city. Windsor, same as in, in like Saskatoon. So. They're similar. Right. Yeah, I was going to ask because I'm fortunate enough to play here at home. I get to sleep in my own bed. How's that? 
life like living on your own out in Windsor yeah. <laughs> playing a student athlete it's different like I wasn't expecting I was pretty lonely first days out there like but you know you get used to it gonna make your own bed do your own laundry you don't have mom there anymore <laughs> yeah make your own food all that yeah um so just remind us again are you on the end or are you playing in the interior on that defense? i'm playing in the interior mostly but i feel like i could put in some work wow. at the end but yeah we'll see well in in uh in saskatoon when you were in high school you played mostly end, hey Is i played right? end and then in my my junior season because i didn't get a senior season i played interior oh okay which one do you prefer you know, interior, honestly, I, I, you get double teams all the time as interior, so I really definitely right. end. You just are isolated on the edge. Yeah, that's true. Um, obviously, a lot of people might not know this, but um, me, Zach, and Thomas, you know, we were all at one point, uh, we were all high school teammates, hey? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Remember that? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, the go- the golden days of the Evan Hardy Soul football team. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I was I was uh, the only one that's uh, that wasn't recruited. But that's not a here or there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, Zach, you can um, you can jump in here too. But um, Thomas, do you have any um, uh, recruiting stories like that, that you'd like to share? You know, it's crazy because I was never planning on playing football after high school. It was it was actually it was Zach who pushed me into it. He made, he basically made me a highlight tape, let's say. So I randomly stumbled across the University of Windsor, submitted my tape, and the rest is history. But yeah, during recruiting, it was just like other teams, they'd send you emails or just like a couple DMs with the University of Windsor. Like they were so like involved in recruiting. Like they wanted to meet you. They wanted, they wanted to do all these things. They want to go through plays. They want to go through their playbook with you, which is not something a lot of other recruits don't get to do. So, yeah, it was a different year because of COVID, but the University of Windsor definitely put in the work to make me feel like I wanted to be there. Do they, that uh, special treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember during COVID, you know, you got, like, everybody knows we had so much free time on our hands. And I, you know, I had been going through the recruiting process process at the start of 2020, I want to say, like early January. And I was like, just like watching all my highlight tapes and like all of our film and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, like, because I talked with Thomas and he said he wasn't sure what he was going to do. I was like, Thomas, you could definitely play at the next level. So, you know, I put together his highlight tape with my free time during COVID and I was like, (laughs) told Thomas to make a Twitter. And I like, I was like, dude, like, DM these coaches, follow these coaches. And sure enough, I think Thomas had like three teams talking to him and like the next and yeah. look at where he is now so it's definitely cool yeah. what were some of those very other cool that's awesome by the way but um thomas what were some of those other teams i had saint francis xavier in like the maritimes i got a few messages from like laurier um i honestly don't remember to be honest like laurier waterloo reached out briefly and then, like, I think that's about it. It was mostly just OUA, a few OUA teams, and then in Halifax. And I know, like, yeah, it was a weird, like, time because of COVID, but, like, usually, you know, in a regular year, you know, they'd, like, send someone, you know, to come home, speak with mom and dad. Was, yeah. 
like they was, wanted to fly me out but that just never happened so. that, yeah that, so yeah. as a as a recruit you get to go to you have unlimited unofficial visits but then you have five official visits so that's where they send like you can go they pay for your trip and food and all that and you go to the campus and stuff so that would have been definitely nice but unfortunately that didn't happen uh for covid so like for me example like i had planned with ubc and uh ufc to go do official visits there so that never materialized so were there like Mm -hmm. zoom calls with like the parents as well like i did get one zoom call with my parent or maybe it was two but yeah Yeah. kind of talked over why they wanted me to be there why they thought it was a good idea so that was nice what separated um the university of windsor from those other programs that were reaching out i think it was mostly like the effort they put in and saying like what they wanted they're very honest when they came forward i liked what they're putting forward they have like this kind of philosophy behind their team like love serve care oh, okay and that that was very good their coaches were very kind of they wanted to make you they don't they want to make you into a better football player but they want to make you into a better man so as someone who wants to go on and do stuff like that's not football related after university that really was like important to me so i think right. that's important to touch on because you're a student athlete but you're also trying to become a nurse which isn't something that's necessarily easy to do let alone when you're playing football and spending all yeah. those hours during football so just talk to us about how that's like being a student athlete and then also trying to become a nurse it's definitely a different schedule like a lot of my other teammates they have a lot more free time but for me I, like every, like i have two structured things that i have to do like i have to do practices and then there's also clinicals and then lab times I have to do so it's it's a lot of work but just some time management needs to be in place for that you know uh, just speaking of time management because a lot of student athletes say that that was one of the main uh issues with them while they were in school what do you think was when you first got to Windsor what do you think was one thing that you really had to jump on and realize like oh I'm not in Kansas anymore I got to be able to do this myself it was like I think in high school everything was pretty easy for me I could just sit down and do something when I felt like but when you have so many things kind of piling up you need to have like a schedule so like I implement like time blocking saying like yeah I need this hour is dedicated to studying this hour is practice and then when I get back here's free time and then back to studying but like before I was very unorganized person but I need to get on my organization skills Focusing Thomas, on, so, right, sorry. go for it, Zach. So, uh, as a student athlete as well, I think, especially during these COVID times, you know, you had all these online classes and, like, that structure wasn't necessarily there. There, Because I know during high school as well, like, I could wait till the very last second and just do a whole bunch of my homework. But, yeah. you know, in university, it kind of piles up on you. Did COVID affect that because, like, of non-in-person classes, or how did that work for you? Well, my online classes, like, I had a few online and then a few in person. I had one where you could either be in class or online. You could watch the lecture online. So I feel like a lot of online, it was just, like, it kind of allows you to be lazy and, like, kind of say, yeah, I'll put this off till later. But in person, it, it like, forces you to put in the work. 
So I think just online, it really kind of, it affects your motivation. I think that's what a lot of people have struggled with in online. So I've just like, I hope to get back in person so I can get like for all my classes so I can feel more motivated to do some work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always good to have that extra encouragement because that's definitely something yeah. that I realized was whenever when I had a 9 a.m. class, you know, I was I was up and I had to get up because there was no other option. But when it's online, you'd be like, oh, I'll just watch it later. I'll yeah, do it later. Sure. You have more of a grace period. Yeah. Focusing in on um, football here, um, how, like you, Zach mentioned it um, when we were discussing it. Uh, the biggest difference, you know, from playing uh, high school to, um, you know, university, the university level is obviously the competition. You know, everybody was, you know, the man in high school. Yeah. Um, now you're playing against, you know, straight up, you know, you're playing against some, some grown ass men over here. How is, yeah. you know, how is that competitive? How have you embraced that, that competitiveness, you know, that physicality, you know, talk to me about like, you know, that, like that side of the transition. Oh. I kind of, I didn't know what to expect when I came to my first practice and that was, it was definitely a shock, like seeing how like these old linemen, not only are they bigger, but they're faster. They have feet, they have footwork, they can get in front of you. They yeah. have better hands. They have all these different attributes that you've never seen in high school. So it's definitely, it's everyone wants like, they want to beat you, but they want you to be better too, which is what I didn't expect at all. These people are so physical, but after they beat you in the rep, they're going to tell you what to do better next time. Like they're, they're picking you up off your feet and they want you to get better. It's, it's crazy. Some of these guys, they're my brothers, I'm happy to play with them, but yeah, they do want to, they want to kill you in reps sometimes. So stay <laughs> on your feet. <laughs> How important, who would you say on Windsor? If you, if you want to shout out a couple of people, who do you think have been uh your your mentor so far this season this guy mitch kutstra he is a d end he's a he plays hard-nosed football definitely a guy I look up to nick opong one of the best o-linemen i've ever been against he plays some tough football but also has like amazing hands amazing feet so it's been definitely crazy to go against these guys but to learn from them too definitely uh, how important has um, watching film been for you? Like, how like how often do you like? How often uh, do you prioritize watching film? You know, in high school we never watched film, but now that was like also another shock with the university football. It's the amount of time you put in, like you're doing film. So basically, you would do practice from four thirty to like seven thirty, or about four to seven thirty, and then you shower, and then you're right into film once you get back to rest because we did them on Zoom. So it was about one to two hours of film after. So you'd be done doing film at 9.30, but you just keep going through film. You get to see what you're doing wrong, which is some stuff I never got in high school. So that was definitely crazy stuff to kind of visualize because it makes you a lot better of a player. Yeah, I think like at Evan Hardy, we did film after games, like especially in my grade 10 year, right? You get that film work for games and maybe like, you do like a half of film and then you do like a half of film of like the upcoming team. And I realized in like university, we're doing film work of practice, like like three to four, like go, like go overs of one play in practice. 
So like, that's like definitely, I think a change and, um, you know, the amount of time you got to put in to just watch yourself and actually critique yourself and be hard on yourself to, to improve in practice is crazy. I think you can relate. Were you a scout team guy this past season? Yes, I was definitely a scout team guy. You take something special to, to keep going when you're on the scout team. Yeah, for sure. You gotta you gotta grind away at those practices and just try to be the best teammate you can. Yeah, for sure. Talk to you both out, and both of you guys can you know chip in here. But how do you stay motivated? You know, like during a redshirt season, like how do you like 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 what's the like what like you know you're not gonna get into a game, but like how do you guys you know how do you guys prioritize like hey man like I might not be getting into a game, but like I'm gonna be the best version of myself. I'm gonna do whatever I can to help this team. And, um, and, you know, I'm going to do um, – at the same time, like, your main priority is to be, like, the best teammate possible. Like, you know, how, what's that process like? Like, do, does, you, does it get frustrating at times? Thomas, I, I think I can go first. But for me, it was kind of easy. I, I knew what I was going to step into right away. So I kind of had that mentality, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I know what the season's going to look like. You know, I know I'm probably not going to play, but I grind away and practices keep on improving for the future it's all about the future at this point but be the best teammate presently and like you could see like the huskies we we went to a vanity cup this year so seeing that that work and effort be put in and and seeing my teammates you know go pretty far was pretty rewarding in itself and uh you know there's going to be tough days but you know i think when you're at this at this level your mentality is always you just gotta be the best teammate and push forward because we didn't come this far to come this far. Yeah, for sure. Well, I personally I wasn't really sure what my role would be when I was moving out there, but I kind of quickly understood like what what it's gonna be. And I didn't mind being a scout player at all because I know my time will come and as, if I put in the work, I'm gonna be that's gonna be an option. I'm gonna be able to play. It was mostly just the amount that the offense actually appreciate the scout players or the red shirting players and helping them get ready. Like they, at the end of every practice, they would shout a player out on scout team that was been in the work. So that was really good to hear just the encouragement and how you're noticed. You're not just one of the guys that are helping out, but they really care about everyone. And, and I think to get, to get some recognition to those guys who don't always yeah. seem to get it. Yeah, for sure. And I think so too, Thomas, like, you know, this year was a big year for Windsor. Um, you guys knocked off bat- in back-to-back weeks, guys that were ranked opponents in the top 10. So I think, you know, Windsor's on the up and up here. You know, it seems like they got a coaching staff here and doing a good job recruiting. So hopefully, you know, this work that you're putting in is going to showcase and moving forward for being a really good Windsor team here. You know, it was crazy those weeks when we knocked off Guelph. We brushed the field. Oh, my God. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. Man, that's going to be you in a couple of years, you know. We yeah, promise. <laughs> they, you got to fly us out to a game. We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> um, talk to us about your coach, Mr. Sorelli. How's he like? Because I, I, I spent some time with uh, Scott Flurry here. Um, but talk to me about your coach. And, like, oh. you know, it's like the mentality he has. Like, what, what, what has he taught you? Um, he's a pretty new coach. He used to coach at the University of Western, but now he's moved in here. He is, a, he's like, 
definitely one of the best guys I've met. Like, the amount that he cares for his players is, like, unreal. Like, for when we're, people were trying to get their COVID shots for because we weren't allowed to be on the team, basically, if you didn't have both shots, he was willing to drive you himself. Or he's telling me, if you ever need anything, call me at four in the morning. I don't care. Like, that's just awesome. the amount that he cares for. That is, really nice. Nice. That is awesome. Yeah. Something you don't see in a lot of people. Uh, especially in coaches when they're in charge of a hundred different student athletes. I mean, yeah. they got they, they got they got other shit to worry about. And so for him to take that time out of his day, it's just shows how much he cares about what he does. Yeah. I think um and I was uh you guys um you guys we Shannon Trump was talking about this on his show the other day. He's basically talking about <clears throat> like you you have a lot of like you know, guys in high school and guys in college, like they're motivated by um, you know, this this like overlooming thought of like they always have something to to prove. You know, <clears throat> like what is your like? You're playing. Obviously, you know, you're you're playing. You're on you're on scholarship. Like you're playing um, you're playing college football. But like like what like what like what's your like what motivates you to like you know to like? And also, we talk about you as um as a walk on. Like what does motive? Like what is your motivation, Thomas? It's like I guess a lot of people are motivated by like getting to like the next level, like after this, like the pros. And that's just something that doesn't interest me. I don't know. It's just I don't see much more in football after this. It's not that I don't I wouldn't like to do that, but it's just there's so much like else to do in life. And I feel like a football has like prepared me for that part of life. So it's a different kind of motivation. It's just I want to be the best athlete that I can be within these four years. I want to be, but I want to set myself up for the next part of my life. So just if I put in the work now as like a nursing student and an athlete, hopefully that translates into me maybe getting into medicine or doing like better things, like getting into a nurse practitioner program, stuff like that. That's what motivates me. Right. It's it's the things outside of football, ironically. Yeah. I don't know. What is your motivation, Zach? I'd just be the best person I can be, like, to unlock my true potential almost in a yeah. sense, right? So, so football, football gets you so much stuff in life, and it's, like, try to reap all the rewards as possible. And so I, I think people don't realize how go. much it, it sets you up for the next parts of your life. Mm-hmm. It teaches you a lot of lessons, like, especially during COVID, you can – you could reflect on like how much football means to you. Like, right. We didn't have a senior season. So I think there's a lot of reflection going on. Um, both of another, like another question for both of you guys. It's, I find it really awesome that we had both of you guys on at the same time because you guys both can really relate to each other. You guys didn't have a senior season. You guys, um, you guys are currently both in your uh, red shirt seasons. How much are you looking forward to getting on that field in front of the crowd? Like, that must loom over your head just a little bit, hey? You know, I, I'm i not sure when I'm going to get to play, but that definitely does seem like just suiting up, it's going to be a pretty special experience. I did really miss, like, the senior season, but hopefully I'm going to get a chance. But that would definitely mean a lot to suit up. Yeah, for me, like, definitely missing out on that season, senior season, you know, Thomas can relate that I think our high school team would have had a very good uh, 
very good team. And then uh, our, our opposition, you know, maybe wouldn't have been, you know, as strong as it has been in the past. So I think we would have had a very good shot of winning cities for the first time in like 15 plus years for our high school and maybe even provincials for the first time in 20 yeah. years. But, you know, for, for football, for me, for me suiting up that exhibition game and just like that was the first time Griffiths had fans in like a year plus right so oh, seeing yeah. the buzz and the energy of Griffiths was like very cool and I got to play make make my first tackle and say yes ball so that, that was very cool yeah that exhibition game we did that was pretty cool getting to suit up like that yeah that's good well we all know Thomas that uh, I was a little bit of um you know <laughs> I was a little bit of a you know model for you on that uh like you you modeled your game after me on a uh, that defensive line. Sure. Um, are there, uh, Keep telling yourself that, Kermit. <laughs> um, obviously, no. We know Zach loves watching his football. Um, Thomas, uh, we see that uh, Aaron Rodgers jersey uh, in um in the background. Uh, who'd you? Oh. Did you grow up a Packers fan? I did grow up a Packers fan. So who are your guys, especially on defense? I'm guessing Clay Matthews was a big guy. Clay Matthews was was that guy. Greg Jennings, putting his team on the back, you know. <laughs> um, wow. Aaron Rodgers, loved him. I've been. It's crazy. Every single hail mary that Aaron Rodgers has thrown, I've been watching that game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just magical player. Love him. He got my. Uh, he. Well, I, I know I'm wearing a Vikings jersey right now, but um. He did get my Giants in that playoff game once, pretty bad. Yeah, that that, that stung. Um, we're so we're some defensive like obviously yes, these defensive guys are you know at the highest level. But like, do you watch some of them sometimes? Do you try to like you know take some aspects of their game and you know apply it to yours? And if so, who are those guys? It is watching some guy like it is a different game, American football versus Canadian football. But you can definitely take away from like kind of how fast a first step needs to be for you to be an explosive player, like kind of handwork. A few guys like, especially JJ Watt, how high his motor was, love watching JJ Watt when I was younger. People with good first steps, like, who am I thinking of? Jadavian Clowney off the edge. That guy had crazy bend to go off of tackle, like offensive tackles. That was a crazy guy to watch. Um, Where's yeah. some players? No, just guys like that. I've just been watching, like especially Aaron Donald. Just the strength and size it shows you. I don't know. I like. I sometimes like Aaron Donald. Sometimes I'm down on him. But just these guys are freak athletes. They're unreal, man. I mean, it's it's crazy because you know some people like people have different perspectives on you know what you can't like what to do and what not to do. I think um. It might have been Kyle Williams, but he was basically saying like, "Hey, you know, try to try to be the best version of yourself." But like, the one thing that you can do that might be detrimental is to try to be those guys because they're just things they can do that you can't do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I don't know I, if you know Reggie White. Yeah, Reggie White. Well, oh, Reggie White. He had this oh, yeah. move called the the hump move, where you take take your hand out and then put it to the other side. And you throw them basically. You get them off balance. Trying to do that, you need to have insane strength. So I cannot pull off that move, but he for sure can. You know, I, I think I pulled that move off a couple times in practice. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude. So you're back in town. Any plans? What else are you planning on doing while you're here? 
you know, I'm going to take it as it comes. We're going to see which people want to hang out. Kind of nice hanging around with my family, hanging around with my brother. It's good times. Well, well t- t- definitely tell him I said hi. I will. <laughs> uh, any Anything else, boys? No, maybe just like I, th- I think every team has like a couple funny locker room stories. Um, some that maybe you can't share, but do you got any that you can actually share? You know, I'm going to maybe tell you on FaceTime a different time. <laughs> That's a good teammate right there. That's a good teammate. Yeah. That is a good teammate. I'd probably do the same thing. So. All right, boys. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us, man. We really That's appreciate the time. time. Thank you. Yeah, first guest. So. First guest. Hey, he's, this been... definitely isn't his last time on here. Nope. We'll make yeah, sure thank that. You, Toss. All right, thank you, you very man. much, man. Thank you. Thank you.